Howdy folks, welcome to Living with a Genius. I'm your host Omar Crook. On this episode, I sat down with one of my dear friends, soprano Jamie Chamberlain. She and I have been singing in the LA Opera Chorus together for about 10 years now. We've done a lot of outside singing as well. Um, she's a great colleague, a tremendous singer, and she's really seeing a lot of success, and I'm, I just couldn't be happier for her. She's singing very regularly with the Long Beach Opera as a principal artist. She, in the past, has sung with the Merrill program up in San Francisco, and um, she's one of my favorite people. She's super kind and vivacious and funny. Um, she's very thoughtful, and she thinks deeply about the uh, business that we're in. She talks about the emotional ups and downs and, and navigating uh, this business, and, and uh, she's very candid about that. And I really appreciate that because those are things that I think about and, and struggle with and like to talk about. So we had a great conversation. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> well, Ms. Jamie Chamberlain. Hello. It's so nice to have you on my show. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for having me. What should we talk about? What's happening? I'm thrilled for you. Are you? Number one. Oh, yeah, and like have a nice sense of sort of pride and yeah, something new to do. Enthusiasm. I love it for my friends branching out, doing new things. Well, you know, I was thinking about that on the way over here. I feel like I suffer from perpetual ennui or something. Like <laughs> I, I feel like, you know what I mean. I think you know me well enough that when I I start things and I'm really enthusiastic, and then very quickly, the I'm like, oh, I don't want to do the this. Jaded. It's not. I don't know if it's jaded, but how do you? How have you? I mean, you've been in music, I think, probably even longer than I have. I mean, professionally? No, when did you start? When, when did, did I st yeah, start? Yeah, I mean, I've known you for ages. I've, let's tell our audience. First of all, I've known you for 11 years 11 now. years? Is that it? Okay. Yeah. I was wondering. Yeah, yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> but there's some things that I don't know about you. Like, how did you get into singing opera? How'd that start? Yeah, you don't know any nope. of this about me. Mm-mm. Well, okay, let's take it back. Let's okay. do a throwback. Let's go old, old school. Old school. The, the the way it starts yeah. is that my mom was an opera singer. Really? That <laughs> sweet lady that I sat in the dressing room with? Yes. Aww. Oh, my, isn't she fabulous? She's great. I love her. Yeah. yeah. She is a little really, firecracker. Really lively, I was yeah, just going to say. <laughs> yeah, I know. I bet she'd love the beard, too. Oh, she... Oh she boy. she loves a you know a distinguished looking <laughs> gentle, gentleman gentle person. Well, you know her husband. <laughs> oh, let's do it. Let's do a little sidebar. Yeah, okay. And I'm gonna tangentialize no, no, no. a million times because that's my style. Um, her husband is in his nineties, yeah. and I actually introduced them. You're I kidding. set them up. How? How did you? First I, of all, how did you know a ninety-year-old guy? All right, here. <laughs> this is the part of the story I want to know. The, jo the joke is he was after me and he got my mom. No. Blame <laughs> um, it on Rio. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, here the mic. Oh, it's in my face. Okay. Um. <laughs> nope. Nothing. Nothing from this side of the table. All right. So I was. Um, <clears throat> I was wa I was staying with my mom. Yeah. After I had my tonsillectomy, which we should probably talk about later. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I was, you know, just sort of walking on the neighborhood pathway. Where was I, this? This is in Santa Maria, where oh, she, up north. she moved. Uh -huh. Yeah, Central Coast. Um, That's not where you grew up, though. No, I grew up in Santa Barbara. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yes, I did know that. So uh, there we were, and I was walking down this path. Your and parents I, had split up. My parents have been divorced since I was two. Oh, okay. So, so it wasn't a new thing. <laughs> no, it was not a new thing. Okay, got it. <laughs> okay. Um, and you grew up with your mom mostly? I grew up with my mom okay. and my grandma, Okay. who was a firecracker of a Greek lady okay. who didn't speak English. What about your dad? Did he just bail? Did he disappear? He moved to Alaska. Oh, he did? Yes. Are you on good terms with him now? Or? Well, he's passed away. Okay, so yes. Since I was 25. So yes, now we are on <laughs> good terms. Now we get along better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, were you? Did you guys reconcile or We before reconciled he before he passed. Uh -huh. um, gosh, I, we're totally off on a tangent Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. That's all right. Um, I just want to know why you're so crazy. <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. He was a total loon. Okay. All right. Here's what I'll say about my dad. When okay. he died, 
he had two social security numbers. What? Because he actually <gasps> changed his identity. Like he was a grifter? Like a he con man? He was a total lunatic. Whoa. Okay. And so, and he's one of those people who like literally went off to Alaska to forge a new frontier for himself because he, you know, didn't want to be suppressed by the man. What? I mean, that was, that was my dad. Wow. He was a character. That's crazy because I've always, you're always so elegant and so put together and I, I can't even see you coming from that stock, honestly. Right. I think that comes, that completely comes from my mom's side. I see. From okay. the sort of like little diva. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thin ankles, good breeding. You oh, know, that kind th of thing. thank you. <laughs> oh God, that's just such a great compliment to a woman. As long as your ankles stay thin. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because we can you, fill in the you blanks. You can fool yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this is <laughs> Oh my gosh. So yeah, he was in Alaska when I was growing up. Okay. And there were some summers when I would go to see him, but you know, he didn't hold a steady job. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, he was a wonderful musician, actually. He is played that? he played piano in a honky tonk strip bar. Really? Yes. This is a story about him. I think it was in Oregon. Um, it's wow. Hysterical. Okay, so that's where you, uh, between your mom and your dad, I mean, yes. you, you really have yes. you have the genes for it. Well, and interestingly enough, my two little half sisters, mm -hmm. who are uh, on my dad's side, mm -hmm. um, my dad married a Filipino woman, mm -hmm. um, and they're half Filipino and half, you know, uh, European, yeah. sort yeah. of like German. Half lunatic. German, yeah, exactly, uh, half loon. Yeah. Um, they are both beautiful amazing singers. Wow. Jillian is a pop singer and Nicole is a budding opera singer. She's actually made her uh, debut at Lyric Opera of Chicago what? this month in The King and I. I've heard She's of that. singing in The King and wow. I. Wow. Is that incredible? That's amazing. Incredible. So I mean who would have known because my mom was the opera singer. Yeah. But there's obviously some musical pull, some gene. Yeah. Um that comes from my dad too. Yeah, my dad and I have similarities, even though I didn't spend any time with him. I really haven't spent really? any time with him my my entire life, really. Yeah. Oh, and then, so you're the same. Yeah, the same. I went to visit him when I was 14 for the first time. I hadn't met him, and so I went and stayed with him you in Mexico. You hadn't met no. your father? No, no, no. So I met him at his brother's wedding. I was <gasps> I was one of the two people that helped marry my uncle oh, and his bride, my God. and I think they did it to kind of try and get me back together with my dad. And so yeah. I tried to make it work, and I was down in Mexico for a couple of weeks staying with him for the first time ever and weird things like we wore the same shirts and we wore the same cologne and we like the same toothpaste and isn't that all sorts of weird that is stuff that i know it blows it, your mind right? it blows your mind yeah. but because it's it's something that you uh that's inevitable yeah the same taste the same yeah, it's within you proclivities it's very strange wow so I anyway see i didn't know that yeah, about you i know yeah. we're both only children yeah mm -hmm. that's right <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let me tell the story of setting so my in, mom up. So you're in Santa Maria. Yeah. So I'm in Santa Maria. Mm -hmm. I had just had my tonsils out. Mm -hmm. I had broken off an engagement. Right. This was a this was a oh, low yeah. point in my life. Yeah. And I see this nice old man with this cute dog, and he's wearing a UCLA cap on the path. And so I just stopped to say hello. Mm -hmm. And you know, his name was Jerry, and he wanted to talk. And I like when, that name. Jerry's yeah. are always usually pretty nice. Jerry Gerald. Yeah. Gerald. Jerry Patterson. Oh, wow. Right. And he was the Commodore. He had been the Commodore of the Marina del Rey Yacht Club. <laughs> I mean, like, hello. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, and he's just a really dapper man. He has one of those mustaches, which I still don't even know how he does it. It's this perfect thin oh, line. It's like a, a half pencil. mustache. Yeah, pencil mustache. It's really elegant. Yeah. And I mean, who can pull that off nowadays? Jerry yeah, Patterson. Uh, uh, David Niven He's had, had he, one of those. He, the actor I don't David know who that Niven. Is. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, what am I? Thirty years older than you? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Not quite, but close. <laughs> so you meet this old guy on the golf path or something? Yeah, or some exactly. Kind of on because he lives on the golf okay. course, right? Yeah. And that's where the path is. Yeah. You, you're you're hearing me just fine. Yeah. Um. And the next couple days he starts waving at me like he'll see me going oh, by nice. from his kitchen like you were a highlight waving, for his, in his day yeah. waving me in and so one day i just went over to his house yeah he said come on in for a cup of coffee and so i did and i had a cup of coffee with him and i got to know him and i learned that his wife had passed away two years earlier from mm -hmm. alzheimer's oh geez and you know and so i i just saw i thought you know th this would be a nice person for my mom to meet mm -hmm. you know my mom was single yeah 
for a long time. She had never she had never remarried. She never remarried wow. after my father. Okay. She had um, a boyfriend who was a strong influence on me mm-hmm. when I was, I think they started dating when I was about 13. And he was nice to you? and He was wonderful, but uh-huh. he had drinking problems like my dad. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did he, did it, did he succumb to it or did they, did she just, did your mom just, had, they, they broke enough. it off. Uh-huh, yeah. They uh-huh. broke it off eventually, but he, he was an actor mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, my, my mom and I see myself now attracted to these sort of flighty types. Uh-huh. I don't, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, maybe it's, yeah, what is that? Maybe is it, it's the, uh, the desire to sort of, um, give them security because I'm a nurturer and my mom's a nurturer and you too, don't have a Greek trouble woman. with uh, intimacy with being emotionally intimate with people oh I don't you don't okay no. so it doesn't fall really into that paradigm I don't think you I know, do the, the people that have emotional uh, difficulties tend to gravitate towards people that they are it, emotionally it, that unavailable. they know they know it's not going to work out oh you know what I mean I wonder if I do oh boy uh, well, <laughs> let's go into this now. <laughs> da, da, da. You know, I mean, that's a pretty common story where if you have, if you. Yeah, I have heard that, but I, I, I tend to think I'm so expressive. I'm so. Definitely. I think you are. But I, I mean, in I your heart of hearts. In my heart of do hearts. Do you really show yourself? I think I do. You do? Yeah. Yeah. I think I do too, but to I'm, those I'm not people, sure. I'm, I'm intimately in a friendship or a relationship yes. with. I, yes. I will show myself. Yeah, I, I do have a, a persona. I can admit that. Yeah, I sure. think as an artist, it's pretty normal to have a bit of a persona. Well, I think at least for <coughs> me, being an opera singer, the persona has kind of been put on me by the people that I talk to about what I do who aren't in this business. Yes, so, so it you does kind of get ad- put on you. Yes, yeah, so you kind of adopt this um, mystique or, or something grand about what we do. And you kind of do. egg it on. A, a little bit. Yeah, I'm not shy about <laughs> saying that I'm an opera singer. Oh, well, oh, I always, I it always, always say, makes you the most fascinating exactly, person in the room. Exactly. Right. But I never start with, I always say I'm a musician. And then they say, what instrument do you play? And then I say, I'm a classical singer. And then they're like, oh, what does that mean? And then <laughs> I can say, well, I've done a few movies. I love the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know Charlotte Church? Right. <laughs> I saw that Andrea Bocelli. You should go on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Why haven't you been on American Idol? <laughs> These are the things we hear. Yeah. Over okay. and over again. It's oh, okay. it's. I try and be. It's completely it's nice. well-meaning yeah. and lovely and nice. And I'm the same way I find <laughs> with these interviews. I, I'm interviewing people that I... I some of the things that they do, I don't know. Like when I interviewed mm-hmm. Josh Winograd here at the, at the opera. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about his <laughs> job. Nothing. And right. so I probably sound like a real idiot to No. You know. No, I l- I listened to that. One. So, I, I was know. fascinated I by it. So, too. so it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Okay, so you met you met this so guy. So I set my mom up with the man who's now her husband. How is his coffee? Was his coffee good? It was a Keurig, which I'm not a fan of. Well, at least he's, <laughs> you know, he's 90, 90 years old. He's got this tech this the mar- modern marvel of technology he <laughs> can seem to navigate they love it i mean They're i can't even figure out career. snapchat so I, he's way ahead of me already <laughs> I, don't, I haven't even i haven't even been there <laughs> to me it just seems like what the kids are doing to i kind of feel that way it's right? really happening yeah it's really happening i wake up some days and i think oh this is how it ends oh god like, this, is, this is it <laughs> it's over i'm done yeah stick a fork in me exactly <laughs> exactly so they ended up getting married they ended up getting married. And you guys get along, obviously. <clears throat> I mean, you, he was totally vetted by, yes. by you. Totally. I'm thrilled and happy for my mom. They have that bickering relationship. Okay. They have the, the bicker. Like it was built in. It's it's completely built in. So you know it's going to be successful. They knew what they were getting into yeah. with each other. And, my, you know, my mom's fiercely independent. Yeah. She spent so many years raising me sure. alone. She worked in the restaurant industry. Wow. Um, what she did was, she do? She was the general manager of this restaurant called the Moby Dick at the end of the pier. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Barbara. Okay. The Moby Dick, home of the big one. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> It's not there anymore. What is it now, Are Brophy? You okay? Is it Brophy now? Brophy Brothers? <laughs> it's it's close to there, but it was at the end the of, same, the, of the wharf. The same, yeah, the same. Not strip the pier, there. the wharf. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, she was the general manager there. Okay. And she worked Good for job. Al Steinem, and he, she, you know, she'll to this day say that he worked her to the bone. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she got a school administration job, which mm-hmm. was much better for mm-hmm. her. Um, okay, okay, okay. Let's get back to how yeah. you got into singing. How did so, I get into singing? Yes. So when did that start? So you're in Santa Barbara. In church. You're in high school. I started singing in church. When? How old were you? At Before high school? At the Greek Orthodox Church. Oh, wow. When I was about, 
I think I sang solo in front of the congregation for the first time probably when I was about 10. Wow, okay. And, and were you taking piano lessons at the yes, same time? Yes, I took piano so lessons. So you had music in your life. I had music in my life, and every Sunday I would hear my mom warming up for her church job. She oh. had a church job at a Catholic church. Oh, you guys weren't singing together we, ever? We weren't singing together, but I would go to the Greek church, mm -hmm. and she would go to her church job at the Catholic church, mm -hmm. and we would um, meet afterwards for lunch. My godmother would take me. I see. My Aunt Emily, who is my mom's sister. And she would go to the Greek Orthodox. Yes, and uh -huh. she and I would go to the Greek Orthodox church, and <clears throat> I was really active in the Greek Orthodox community as a child growing up. Are you a religious person? I, I wouldn't say that I'm a religious person anymore. Yeah. I would say that I was for a great deal of my life. You were. I am incredibly spiritual and I do I have I have an innate faith that will never ever go away yeah, yeah I yeah, believe yeah. there is a creator just I not sure it's God. a resurrection of Jesus Christ and all that stuff I do believe that there is significance mm -hmm. to Jesus Christ mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and I believe he was a wonderful man yeah for sure yeah, I agree with that. It's yeah. as I as I grow older, there's a there's a healthy questioning happening. Mm -hmm. And you know, I have to say, I'm super turned off by organized the Christian the right religion. Oh well, sure. And I mean, I don't think you can. I mean, I think a lot of I know some of my colleagues, some of the people that will listen to this podcast are uh, conservative Christians in this business, and I I don't know. I don't see that that leadership nationally helping the arts that much. Oh, and the arts, you know, for so sure it's, not. It's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Um, well, yeah. like, like, let's not go down this road yeah, exactly. too far. Okay, <laughs> the so yellow brick road. Exactly. No, you have a very good point. Okay, <laughs> so let's just leave it at that. I love all my colleagues. I but love working with yes, them. Yes, I'm a great person know. of spirituality yes. and faith. Yes. When I sing uh, spiritual music, mm -hmm. I'm incredibly moved by it. Mm -hmm. um, I believe in Christ in my heart. Mm -hmm. So there, there's a lot of that that holds a ton of significance for me. And it's a beautiful faith. Yeah. The Greek Orthodox faith mm -hmm. is an absolutely beautiful religion. It's one of the oldest parts of Christianity. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Mm -hmm. One of the first. Yeah. Uh, if maybe not, if the, not first. the first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The great schism. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're singing in church. I'm singing in church. Yeah. And people notice. Okay. But the big, the big standout, I think, was the sixth grade talent show. What happened? I sang Express Yourself by Madonna. Okay. How'd that go? <laughs> I had a song and dance, and it was fabulous. <laughs> and it was weird because I had always had trouble making friends as a kid. You kind of look like Madonna a little bit. I do? I Ooh, think thanks. she's Greek, too, isn't she? She's Italian. Okay. I will take that oh, as, that's a, close. as a huge... <laughs> it's in the neighborhood, you know, with the boot and the... Lusty. The boot and the water lusty and Lusty Mediterranean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I sang Express Yourself by Madonna. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, everybody wanted to be my friend. Oh. It was really a moment in life. Yeah. Cause and I you remember had, it. I had struggled. Like, and I remember yeah. all of a sudden, the cool kids wanted me to direct them in to putting on a little play at yeah. lunch hour. Yeah. And I, I had the same experience. Did when you? I first started singing, I was much older, but I had the same feeling. When, how old were you when you first started 25. singing? 25. You're kidding. Mm -mm. What were you doing before that? Writing. And ha I had a little business. Writing. Yeah, I'd been accepted to the... Uh, I've told the story before, but I was accepted to UCLA for the Creative Writer pro mm -hmm. Program. And uh, I needed a class. I'd drop out of school, so I had to go back to college. Oh, my gosh. And I just took a singing class, and then I got a scholarship at the end of the semester. Oh, you're kidding. No, They're like, I just started we need over. a tenor. And then I just started... Exactly. And I remember that the first time I sang in class oh. for like group, cla you know, group song or whatever, yep. group singing... And I remember the sunlight coming in through the window, and I remember the silence after I sang my last note, and I remember this like stillness in the room. So and vividly. Yeah and, yeah, and I just thought, oh, okay, I can do this. This is this is great. I can do this. The stillness before the applause starts. Yeah, yeah it's great. That's almost the best moment. I know it really is. The inhale. Yeah, I, but the problem is, is that I did it because I could do it. <coughs> so mm. so keeping my love for it for all these years has mm -hmm. you know ebbs and flows i guess the ennui i guess it's the same for mm -hmm. everybody i mm -hmm. just we all have our different reasons i guess that's my reason right for it well you know. i <coughs> i mean we all get faced with challenges yeah they and they keep coming mm -hmm. there's never uh, you, you know, never make it especially yeah and there's always somebody better or somebody who's better at something yeah. and so for me it's just been especially in the last year and a half, I think I've done a lot of work on self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. Me too. 
that's what this podcast is about for me and how great is that because you're you're literally here on this podcast talking it out with people that's it that's the whole point i mean it's like free therapy for me (laughs) (laughs) what a selfish jerk (laughs) it's the mark of a genius (laughs) it is um so okay (laughs) so i also know that you went to marilla i want to get to i want to get from 10 years old (laughs) yeah singing uh, in the greek orthodox church in santa barbara Mm -hmm. to getting to marilla to doing these things around Mm -hmm. los angeles and Mm -hmm. you know you so how did how walk me through it so I when I I did all the leads in high school mm-hmm. and all the musicals mm-hmm. and I had a wonderful um, theater teacher in high school David Holmes mm-hmm. who I'm still in touch with mm-hmm. and who has been a great mentor to me. This was in Santa Barbara. This was in Santa Barbara uh-huh. at San Marcos High School. Uh-huh. You know they did Hello Dolly for me my senior year. Sure. I mean it was just great, and I went to UCSD actually for two years mm-hmm. as a theater major. Hmm. Um, and I, I didn't care for it. I didn't care for the training. I didn't care for the program. It was the wrong choice for me. Okay. So I called my family and I told them I wanted to take a year off. And I really, I didn't know how I was going to get in or what major I was going to be. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to go to UCLA. I felt like I needed to be in Los Angeles. Why UCLA? <laughs> Why not USC? Or Loyola or any n- number of schools here? Well, money was an issue. Uh-huh. So... A UC was really yeah affor- the option. I mean, yeah, right. It That's was right. the option for me, and I'm grateful for that. And that was point. back when I don't want to say that it was like eons ago, but it was uh, enough back in the day where you could afford it. I mean, exactly. UC is really expensive now. It, it it's much more expensive you know? now, and I had a Cal grant. Yeah, so you yeah, exactly. And I had Stafford loans. Me too. And you know, because you when you have a full time class load, and especially when you're performing in you opera, you need money to live. You need money to live. You can't actually work. Yeah. That's how I um, was too. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm really grateful that mm-hmm. I that I went to UCLA. So I, I started at UCLA as a voice major. Somehow I got in. Yeah. How was the audition? <laughs> it must have been great. I mean. Because I auditioned for UCLA too. I studied. Okay. So I was studying voice with my mom's voice teacher in Santa Barbara. Okay. And here's how it came about. She would literally phonetically teach me. Mm-hmm the songs the that you Italian teach me the notes French, and rhythms uh-huh. so i sang jeudi from carmen mm-hmm. michaela's aria mm-hmm. and i was literally not even a soubrette mm-hmm. at that moment but that's right. when Here you I sing am. the best though. yeah singing when you this, don't know any better singing this full lyric aria yeah. that you know no one would recommend i sing yeah, yeah. until like today yeah, actually <laughs> and i also picked this rafe von williams song mm-hmm. which one was it home no more home to me no, that is that one. It's one of the songs of travel. Okay, beautiful. And, and uh, yeah, right. And so Juliana was in the audition room. Juliana Gondek, uh-huh. my my teacher at UCLA, um, was in the audition room. She said, "Why do you pick? Th- why did you pick this song? This is usually for men." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> "I don't baritone. know. I liked it." Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I, mean, I was. I, I did the same thing. I had no idea I what I was doing. I did the same thing. I got Pavarotti CD. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'll sing that one and that one. That those are, I like those. Those are great songs. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I had no, no idea what I no was doing. No fear. No nothing. And there were people when I actually got into the program and went to the first day of classes and studio meetings and things, there were people who had been studying opera since they were 15. God, I felt the same way too. And I did not know what so was going funny. on. Yeah, we have that. We really have that in common because I had the same experience. I can't believe. There were like eighteen-year-old kids that. that could play all of Bach's preludes and could oh. do. And, and I'm like, I, I, you know, what am I doing? I can. I, I can sing. sing. You. I can sing. That's, yeah. yeah. That's it. I can, <laughs> I can stand sing up you all of Rent. <laughs> I can do all of the uh, characters in Rent, which was the hot musical when I was in high school. <laughs> Isn't that what Bohem is based on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Da na 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 na. <laughs> okay, so you go through high school, you go to UCLA, you do well I at UCLA. I did very well at UCLA. Got a my lot first of year was a disaster. Um, yeah, mine was too. Yeah, I, but my second year, I I got the fire under me. Uh-huh. It, people in my studio weren't getting roles. Uh-huh. Uh, and I just, there was a fire under my butt, and I sat in the practice room every day for hours. It's so hard to do. It's hard to do, but Unless I was you're motivated so like that. motivated yeah, at that moment up. in my mm-hmm. life. And that year of my life, my junior year at UCLA, created technically the singer that I am today, mm-hmm. which I'm very proud of the singer that I am today mm-hmm. because I feel like my greatest strength as a singer is that I can pretty much can sing, sing 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I can sing anything you put in front of me. Right. In any style. Right. And I feel really proud of that. And I think that's a unique quality. For sure. And that's a strength. Uh, and I, I can specifically um, point to, this is a great tip for you singers out there, the Rossini Gorgheggi e Solfeggi. Mm-hmm. It's a series of exercises. Mm-hmm. They, it turned me into someone who could sing coloratura. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even sing the little coloratura passage in Bati Bati when I first got oh, to Oh, it wasn't natural to you. It was not natural. Wow. I'd never tried to sing above a high C. Okay. And then by the end of my undergrad, I'm practically singing high Fs. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and so did you go to Marilev right out of UCLA? Um, no. You, were you singing Actually, here at, at the time? Uh, well, what happened was I graduated with my undergrad, and oh. Bill Vendice was the chorus master here at right, LA Opera. Right, right. And he was bringing in a lot of us. And he was at UCLA. He was at UCLA, Uh the head of the opera program. Uh And he was bringing in a lot of the students from UCLA to LA Opera Chorus. And I was one of the fortunate ones. So I began at LA Opera Chorus as I began my master's degree at UCLA, Mm -hmm. which they asked me to come back and I got a scholarship. Mm -hmm. So that was really wonderful. Mm -hmm. And the department appreciated me. I got good roles, roles that weren't necessarily appropriate for my voice type. Right. But they understood my disposition as a performer as a, and as an actress. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's been the story of my career. Yeah. Is that my disposition as a performer and an actress has led to the roles rather than my voice leading to that's the roles. That's right. That's right. It's more of a personality. I agree. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. That seems to be the case yeah. for me too. Yeah. I'm, uh, I've, I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> want to say, well, I do. I'm not the, I'm not the best singer in town anymore i feel like what? i used to no i feel like i used to be one of the best i mean i'm still in the top you're a great singer. i'm in the top five or ten and you're town. a great you're a great um, singer. but um it it my personality i've always known helps i show up on time i'm positive i'm funny prepared I'm prepared mostly and you know and that's a big deal though i think people you know if you if you have a choice of two or three singers and and they all can do what you're asking them to do. I think the people that have a good reputation as a fun and considerate colleague. The people others want to work with. Yeah. The people that others want to be around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's really important. And I, I think that, um, I mean, some teachers teach that in college. And I think there are some things that, that I don't university think that is, talked about is deficient in. I think one of the things is that they teach you to be a principal singer and only a principal singer when really there are other ways to make a living as a musician, as a singer. Oh, as we know. In this town. And they... Uh, there are many different career paths. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's... And yeah, I, I've thought a lot about this. I, I was thinking about the idea of success oh, good. recently. Yeah. And the idea of success and... I feel like it's only defined by what I feel within myself. Do you struggle with feeling successful? No. You don't? Mm-mm. God, you're so lucky. I, I do. F- I struggle with it every day. I, but I feel like you're putting that on yourself. It must oh, be. Of course. It's well, all perception, it's right? It's all a perception. Yes. Imagine changing the how fortunate we are to even do this for a living on any level. I know, right? Especially with the amount of graduates that are coming out of these programs. Right. No, uh, it's true. By year by year, hundreds it's true. hundreds of graduates flooding the markets, giving these degrees away, it, and it's getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and we see that as working singers yeah. in town. That's true. Um, there are there are always one or two that rise to the top, and then the rest. And kind I of a believe wash. that the yeah. cream usually does rise to the mm-hmm, top. Mm-hmm. And it takes resilience. It That's takes resilience thing. and perseverance. That, do you feel like you're lacking in resilience? No, uh, I think the, the word that I tend to use is grit. So, ah. f- for instance, I think five years ago, I probably would have thrown in the towel on this podcast just because, like, one week I had trouble booking oh my a couple God. of people. Yeah, so I, grit is something that um, I'm actually, at my age just now learning and I think it's I think it's really come from having kids is it a sensitivity to feeling like you I don't want to use the f word no failed at something no I think I mean if you really you want to really get down to brass tacks brass tacks okay what I think it is is that when I was four my dad uh had workers from the factory come by and throw boxes into the front yard and and they had to tell my mom to leave and so my mom packed up our stuff (gasps) 
in the middle of the day and by that evening we were in the car on bald tires and a Datsun driving from Mexico back to the United States and I didn't see my dad again and I think that that I honestly think that I have um, I don't know you I don't, remember I don't, that oh yeah I don't know if it's self-destructive or that's a huge thing self-sabotage I, I definitely feel like I have these a couple big hurdles that I've tr been trying to jump over my whole life you're and jumping over yeah them. I'm just starting to figure mm -hmm. it out I really do and I think getting married and having a family mm -hmm. has really being helped being a father being a dad has, has really helped it has it's changed you uh, yeah, so I'm definitely developing more grit, but boy, I mean, just what like a traumatic thing to go through as a kid and to remember that. Uh, you know, a lot of people. A lot of a people. lot of people have mm -hmm. have that type of thing. Yeah, and some people react to it differently, and I happen to react in a way that I have a s maybe self-esteem problem down deep down, or mm -hmm. or. Um, Which so is interesting know. because you seem very confident. So yeah, maybe I overcompensate interesting i don't know yeah. I, I i mean we're, we're figuring it out yeah i mean i've been to you know i've been to all sorts of therapy <laughs> and i i think part of it is just that i it just doesn't i think part of what i've come to realize is that it just doesn't matter it doesn't matter it just it, you just get on with it In I, the so, so do what you need to do exercise and eat well meditate whatever it is that you need to do to feel better, mm -hmm. just fucking do it and don't worry about it. That's what I subscribe to. Yeah. That's what I try to subscribe to. Yeah, it t it's taken me a long time. A hundred percent. And and I hate to say this, but everyone forgets about what you did. I know. Yeah, everyone you're right. forgets. Yeah, so it's a touch of narcissism. It's only being self -centered. you who, who remembers these things and puts the pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. So having that self-acceptance mm -hmm. lately and relieving myself of the pressure has actually given me more impetus mm -hmm. to move forward and ask for the things I want yeah to to do the types of projects that I want because you have space around you to breathe it's not like every yes or no isn't going to make or break oh. who you are as a person exactly. right exactly right because yes there's there's pressure to say yes sometimes mm -hmm. even though you know you don't want to do something because mm -hmm. you're so worried that if you say no enough then mm -hmm. They just the won't offers, ask anymore. The offers will stop coming. Yeah, that's true. That's something that you deal with as just a working singer who's not famous, mm -hmm. who's having success on this regional level mm -hmm. and in this local way, mm -hmm. where we're just, we're working in this town, we're known, yeah. we're being singers. Yeah. That's just a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And it's finding the balance between representing yourself as the artist you want to be mm -hmm. and making a living. Right. Yeah. at it but how fortunate are we to make a living at it yeah, we do. if you look at it that way we do. it's already the highest we've echelon. already we've already made it mm -hmm. in a way yeah absolutely yeah i totally agree and it's funny so I, the it's, idea of success it's, you know what happens to is facebook and that kind of thing mm -hmm. really um makes it difficult to to look at other people's lives with with any kind of perspective well you know i see some uh, some friends of mine that i went to college with yeah. and, and people that i love i mean i i in no way mean to disparage people that I went to school with because they're really dear friends of mine and I could not be happier about their success and but you know I see people singing at the Met and mm -hmm. and one of our mutual friends just recently said dude you know we actually are making more money than some of those people and we're actually a little bit more you know we've got families we've got lives we, we make enough money Mm. and it's the quality it's, of yeah, life but you see these beautiful thing. portraits and these costumes oh. and they're at, the, they're at the fountain and the mat and I'm like Jesus Christ it's really exciting I and mean, it looks really exciting yeah but so you do feel a sense of I mean dare I say disappointment yeah, that of you haven't of course gotten there I went to school to be to travel it's so travel. funny. Ugh. It's so funny because I have. I'm not a transient. As soon as I said that, I'm like, mm. well, you know, I actually have sung all over the world. And did it not agree with you necessarily? No, parts of it did when mm -hmm. I was younger, but wh when I, as I got older, and I saw that I had to decide to be either be single or to mm. get married and have a family mm -hmm. and, and put roots down, mm -hmm. the travel uh, really really got in the way of that could you imagine missing all the wonderful moments oh, no, with no your way. kids now no way yeah no i couldn't do it now I mean, you know you've made the right choice for yourself yeah for sure but there still is the sense of longing and yearning yeah almost like uh I, if only i had mm -hmm. or did i practice did i practice enough mm. did i mm -hmm. you know do these things enough and and of course you, you never know that and i think how you feel about yourself determines the 
the outlook that you have in this situation. And that's where I'm deficient. So I'm mm. prone. That's why I say I'm prone to ennui because mm-hmm. I, these, that's where it is. It's mm-hmm. like the glasses that I see these things through isn't, um, it's as positive. In a yeah. Way. As it, so I'm, that's the, that's mm-hmm. the thing I'm trying to change. Yeah. You know? I like that. Yeah. I like that change. Yeah. It's, it's a process, but so that's a fun part of being an adult. I guess like being on this side of adulthood, like, that's I'm actually true. an adult. That's true. There is for I me. There's a sense like a of I don't really care. So that that that's. Ooh, helping. I like that too. Yeah, that's though. helping. The I don't care yeah, helps. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you go on your snappy chatty and do your thing, and it's snappy fine. Snappy chatty. You know, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> so did you spend a lot of time traveling for for a spell there? I really didn't travel all that Well, you were in San Francisco. Much. So I was in San Francisco. I did the Marilla program. When was that? Uh, well, that was in 2006, in 2006. Mm-hmm. So what happened before that was actually my L.A. Phil debut mm-hmm. and my L.A. Opera solo Was that debut. with Essa Pekka? That was with Essa Pekka. What'd you do? That was Wing on Wing. Oh, with Hila. With Hila. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who was okay. my shining light. Yes. That okay. was, okay, so my professional debut. Yeah, that's a hell of a Was debut. a world premiere with the L.A. Phil. Yeah. Right out of master's. Yeah. The, the week after I graduated wow. with my master's degree. And what did you and think Esa of Pekka that point? And Esapeka, he handpicked us. Yeah. I, we came in and sang for him. He needed two sopranos who had high Fs. Mm-hmm. And he handpicked the two of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's an incredible piece. I mean, it's monumental. Mm-hmm. It's this huge work. And full he, band. They had the us. Oh, orchestra. my God. And they had us all over the hall, cool. too. Because uh, Frank Gehry's words were actually the architect of the Walt Disney Concert Hall. Thank you. Were... Um, were <laughs> um, projected uh-huh. throughout the hall during the piece. Uh-huh. So he was saying things and the idea of wing on wing is this term in sailing and that's what he modeled uh, the design of the Disney Hall uh-huh. about. That's so cool. we were sirens. We were the mermaids in the ocean and it was a very challenging coloratura vocal line. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, it was a baptism by fire. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The first rehearsal, I like I couldn't handle myself. <laughs> What I do you almost, mean? Well, I almost lost it at the first rehearsal. Like because of nerves or excitement or what? It was, I was excited. Was it, it was a positive thing or it a was, negative thing? It was a positive <clears throat> eventually. And Hila was so great because she was already a total consummate professional. Mm-hmm. And she was there sort of, you know, encouraging yeah. me and yeah, holding yeah. me up. Um, but I remember they placed us in one of the balconies yeah. to sing something. And there was a giant percussion like ensemble yes uh-huh. right behind me oh and God. i wasn't ready for them to come in uh, and they and it was so loud everything's new right like everything hear. surprises you every single thing when you're a new when you're new at that yes it's like uh, everything it, does. it shocked me and i remember just being like i can't hear <laughs> <laughs> and sfx is way down there yeah he was lovely he was just lovely and the yeah. whole experience was lovely and they asked me back, you know, immediately. And then after that, the following season at LA Opera, uh, we were doing Idomeneo with uh-huh. Placido Domingo uh-huh. in the title role. Uh-huh. And they pulled me out of the chorus to uh-huh. sing a bit role. And uh-huh. this was in the days when the bit roles, they would pull choristers out when they were like five, six pages. Yeah. Bit roles. They were real roles. It was named a, roles. A yeah. role. Uh-huh. Yeah. The Cretan woman. Uh-huh. And so my solo debut at LA Opera uh-huh. was. Was with Placido. Singing into Domingo's face. That was my debut too, Isn't with that? Placido. <gasps> yeah. I mean, that's... Okay, so you Isn't talk that about great? that, and uh, when I wake up feeling like, what have I done with my life? Why, I need so to remember much. these things. I mean... We forget. We totally. We forget what we've accomplished. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. But it's important to remember, and it's important to say, it, for me, it's important to say, if, if nothing ever happens again... Mm-hmm. I'm happy with the way I handled myself. I'm happy with the work that you with the in. work that mm-hmm. I've done because I know I always arrived prepared, mm-hmm. and I know I always gave it the best I could give mm-hmm. at any situation. I do feel like I know that. I'm sure some people don't feel that way, mm-hmm. but I feel like I know that about myself mm-hmm. because preparation has always been the backbone of what you the do. The backbone. Yeah. It's been the rock upon which I stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't get into a character without being fully prepared yeah. dramatically musically now what kept you in town when you when you had that experience mm-hmm. i would imagine that there were opportunities to 
kind of go from there? Surprisingly, there weren't. I was already contracted to sing the whole season here at LA Opera and uh-huh. the chorus. Uh-huh. I did get pulled out again uh-huh. when the young artist got sick uh-huh. to sing the High Priestess and Aida that oh, same I season. Love that. Yeah. So it was off stage, but I, That's you know, I only bit, had though. notice one day in advance. Yeah. Um, Peter Samoji pulled me out of the chorus mm-hmm. and asked me to learn it, and mm-hmm. I did. I got to sing two performances. Mm-hmm. Um, so that happened, and then, and then I was doing a lot of work with the education department. I mean, I was just working. I was yeah. making a lot of money. Yeah, actually. yeah, yeah. That was a big year, money-wise. Yeah. Um, I was working with the education department a lot. Who's, they've been so wonderful to me. I still sing with them all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went and did auditions mm-hmm. in New York, mm-hmm. and I got Marilla. That's how you got Marilla? Yes. I went one, one year. Over at NOLA Studios. Yes, at oh. NOLA Studios. Oh, oh God. And there yeah, I was. It's like a Petri dish <gasps> in there. It's just a flu. It's like the capital of and it's flu so season. Hot, hot. And, and you were freezing outside. Oh, it's gross. Blue. Yeah, I know. I like I never want to do that again. I and know. I won't because I hello. did for I did for five years I went out there. Oh, for five years? Yeah. Ooh. I don't think I got a couple things. But I was very lucky my first year I got Maryland. Yeah. I mean it was Yeah, you were the right age and the right voice and the And I y- was yeah. they picked me for this role, which was very few people could do the role mm-hmm. that I did because it required a a legitimate lyric soprano mm-hmm. uh who then halfway through the opera gets handed a mic and sings a jazz song in the style of Lena Horne. Uh-huh. Okay. So it's Conrad Sousa's Transformations. Wow. That's the that's the opera that I was cast in. I played Anne Sexton, the poet. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, all of her poems, uh, which are based on Grimm's fairy tales. Oh, I've never heard about it. Sounds it's, great. It, yeah, it's a great piece. It's an ensemble piece, uh, eight people in the cast. So when, when you were up in San Francisco, yeah. you, did you go by yourself? Did you Were you dating somebody? Were you... How does that, I, I was, mean, because you were gone for like someone. six months, right? Well, I was gone for only about three, I think. Oh, I see. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. gone for only about three. I was dating someone. Mm-hmm. Um, Here you in know, L.A.? It, well, yeah, it wasn't serious it wasn't a big, or anything. I see. Yeah, uh-huh. it was just like a guy from UCLA. Uh-huh. Um, and I went to Marilla, but I had nothing scheduled when a- I got after back that. from Marilla. Right. And I didn't get asked back to do an Adler. Um, you know, which is sort of what you ha- hope. Sure. You hope you're going to get asked into the Adler Fellowship. And what had happened in New York was the day after I did my Marilla audition, mm-hmm. I got so deathly ill in the Petri dish That's of it. NOLA, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. that I had to cancel all the rest of my auditions. Oh, God. Yeah. That so sucks. it was, thank God I got into Marilla. Yeah. Um, but and then you came back. That how was a you, bummer. I came back. I had no place to live. <laughs> I had to go. You gave up your place to live. Yes. You didn't sublet it. You just no, because I had away. given up thousands of dollars of income to go to Maryland. Whoa. Thousands. Do they put you up? I mean, they put you up, but it's only two hundred fifty dollars a week. Oh my God. Oh yeah. The young well, thank God, progress. San Francisco's affordable. So <laughs> I'm sure that was a high time. <laughs> okay. Luckily, we had amazing donors who would take us out after master classes yeah. and things. Oh, those people were so nice. Yeah. It was a wonderful experience on many, many levels. So, what did you do when you came when you came back? How did you get yourself back on your feet? I stayed with my mom, and I had a little day job. And was where was your mom living? In Santa Maria. You had to time. go up to Santa Maria. Yes. What? And yes, it was kind of a bleak moment. And I had a few just orchestral gigs mm-hmm. that I did. I had a thing out in Colorado. Um, but I was I was literally working as a weight loss consultant in Jenny Craig in Santa Maria. Wow. This is what happens. This is what no one tells you. No, I know. That's right. That's and right. You just I have to do whatever you need to do. I had gone from singing on stage at San Francisco Opera. Yeah. To... I know. Like staying with my mom. No, I know. And I had no This is no what they prospects. don't put on Facebook. This is what they don't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So you're up, how long were you up there? I want to say I was up there. Like a year? For, for, yeah, like maybe a year just doing little gigs here and there. Yeah. And then um, I did very well in a competition. I entered an international competition in its inaugural year, the Whoa. Jose Turbi International. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. At UCLA. Okay. So it was at my alma mater. It was at the place where I always sang. At I was Royce very comfortable um, in Schoenberg Hall. Oh, sure. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did very well. I placed third. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I won $17,000. For third place? Can you believe that? Jesus the prizes Christ. were insane. Wow. Okay. So I did that. So that and I had 
I had decided to come back to LA Opera because I had, didn't have any had prospects. You, I mean, had you auditioned again? Or did you get some contracts or did you just decide to put kind of put your mind to getting back into the chorus? Or I what? think that's what I decided. I can't even remember to be totally honest. I mean, what, I guess the question is, did you just, did you come and move to LA without work lined up? No, I only came and I would sublet when I had a, a gig here in the opera court. I see. I think that was like around when we were doing Otello. Wow, really? Yeah, that was right around then. Okay. And then what happened after I won that competition, um, things were starting to pick up again and mm -hmm. my schedule was starting to fill up mm -hmm. and I had, you know, operas here mm -hmm. and I had... Um, outreach stuff. Outreach mm -hmm. stuff, a couple of things with the Pasadena Symphony. Mm -hmm. Is that when George Mester was there still? Yes, uh, George Mester, my I best. I love George. Yeah. Oh, I love him so much. Yeah, he's, he's retired now, he's I guess. He's been wonderful yeah. to me. Yeah. Okay, so you had some gigs lined up. That's good. Um, I had gigs lined up and then I met, I met my ex-fiance. And dun, then, dun, 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 dun. Is this the, sh the No, 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 no. No. This is... The other ex-fiance. <laughs> <laughs> I have a sordid past. <laughs> okay. Um, I met my ex-fiance. Yeah, where'd you guys meet? We met at the Greek church in Santa Barbara. Oh. Oh, what? In Santa he, Barbara? Yes. He. I went to a party there. I mean, it was just so random. And it was literally, I saw him across the room mm -hmm. and some enchanted evening started playing wow. in my head and my life flashed before my eyes. But he was living in Santa Barbara? He was living in Santa Barbara. Okay. And uh, we got together and long story short, the stress and trauma of that relationship. Um, Did you bring that to LA? Did you guys move to LA together? No. You were up and- I was commuting back and forth. It was horrible. Wow. It was horrible. Yeah, it's a long time. Um, yeah, it was just awful. I've done that. I mean, um, whenever I mean, I we didn't live together, <coughs> but you know, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I commuted back and forth, mm -hmm. and we got engaged after six months together. Mm -hmm. And um, he was just extremely jealous. There's mm -hmm. no other way of putting it. Oh boy, Abusi you're in the wrong. You are in jealous. the wrong business yeah. for a guy like that. And so I would be up all night screaming, defending myself on the phone, and I don't even know why I dealt with all this. It's kind of embarrassing, actually. Yeah, I wonder what changed. Maybe it's the same type of transformation that I'm going through. You just don't give a shit anymore. Because <laughs> you know I wouldn't deal with that now. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I don't know what made me need to experience that. Huh. I got so wrapped up in it and I got so emotionally traumatized that I literally lost my voice. I got chronic tonsillitis and I couldn't phonate. Really? I got for how long? chronic tonsillitis and I Months? sang with it for a year <gasps> and I broke off the engagement and then I had my tonsils out. Wow. And then at that point, I didn't know if I wanted to sing ever again. I was so traumatized. Yeah. What'd you do? I won Wheel Did of Fortune. That's right. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Backtrack. Yeah. So you were, but when you were going through that hardship, you were up north. I was up north. You were still, you, you hadn't, you'd been coming back and forth yes, and subletting and mm -hmm. couch surfing, whatever. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And what, how'd you decide to go on Wheel of Fortune? My ex-fiance and I had loved to watch it together. You did? And so there I was with no work, no prospects, couldn't sing, recovering from a tonsillectomy, had sung horribly for a year because I was sick all yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. Me and my body was just a wreck. I had gained like 40 pounds in the relationship yeah. because I was so um, concerned Tense with him thinking mm -hmm. that men were looking at me. Oh, so you made yourself unattractive. In your eyes. I mean, I in your I subconscious. That. Yeah, I did that. Wow. I, I can look back now that's and know that that's what that was about. Okay. Isn't that crazy? It's a little crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not unheard of, <laughs> but uh, I I've probably heard crazier than things. We know. Yeah, for sure. Right. So tell me about how you got on the show. <laughs> I, this I want to hear. Isn't this hysterical? Okay. So I auditioned. I w well, you, uh, you apply. You have to apply online. Okay. And what I've learned is that way more women than men apply okay so it takes a long time to get an audition but mm -hmm. i eventually finally got an audition and you go there to culver city mm -hmm. and you do these word puzzles mm -hmm. and then they get get a feel for your personality yeah. and of course i was a performer well yeah so <laughs> i did great under pressure yeah and i excelled at the word puzzles i'm really i'm really good at it yeah yeah and uh, I got on the show <laughs> and i went and i filmed my episode and i will say this 
I will say it was one of those moments in life where I knew I was going to win. You did? Yeah. You just felt it. it I felt it. Yeah, and I think we all have that. There's been a few yeah. other times in my life. Like I knew I was going to play Maryland. I knew all of these things were going yeah. to happen in my life. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those moments. Was everybody nice? What, what about Pat Sage? Oh, they were great. Vanna comes in and she is literally, ti- she's so yeah, she's tiny. Like three feet tall. You cannot imagine how small this woman yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and so Pat's skinny tiny too. too. I'm right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like a little, and like an elf. I have to, you know, I've got to put the, the video of it on YouTube because it's so hysterical. I like turned into Mae West. Uh, I can totally see that. I had, like, I had so much attitude. When I got to the final round, I changed shoes into these like leopard print stilettos. <laughs> I was, and everyone was going, oh my gosh, no one's ever changed shoes She's before. Fabulous. This is insane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was just great. So I won. $43,000. That's unbelievable. And what a miracle because it was at that point in my life. Yeah, well, you, you needed it. I had it. no job, no prospect. That's crazy. Yeah, so it took me a while after that, but that was the biggest blessing that could have ever happened. That really me. floated you until it you got floated me on your feet. Until I got on my feet and I decided, you know, to come back to L.A. full time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got back into the L.A. Opera Chorus, mm-hmm. Grant, Grant. That was my first time actually auditioning for Grant Gershon, yeah. who's, you know, since become such a wonderful supporter yeah and it's having him here is a huge blessing yeah for sure oh, boy that, that was a great move <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. nice job yeah 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 <laughs> i mean i like bill bill was always very nice to me and he, oh yeah he got me into the oh, chorus i i and wouldn't was, be here if it wasn't uh, yeah he was a real champion of mine back in the day um and man what oh, he's a fountain of knowledge boy that's for oh. sure my gosh. Yeah. But Grant's He's been, had I a mean, great influence on Grant has been terrific. Yeah. And this, the chorus has never sounded better. And yeah. I, I feel like we have a sense of uh, fraternity here. And yeah. You know, it's, it's really nice. I love working here. Yeah. I really do. I have to say it. Yeah, you me know, too. It's a great, a great place. Me too. Okay. So you won Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. <laughs> and you were single again. I w- well, and then I got involved in another relationship Just but let's not go there i love it <laughs> that was with the chef yeah that's and right. i was i was here i was rich yeah <laughs> forty three thousand dollars was rich to me yeah so i and i wasn't singing and i didn't know if i wanted to sing so i moved to vegas with the chef you i didn't know you moved to vegas oh, i moved to vegas with the chef really i think that i sound like i'm a crazy person i really don't like las vegas <laughs> did you like living there I mean, it was it was fun for the novelty of it. Uh, yeah. But you know, we came back and we settled in Long Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. After that, stint why did you over. choose Long Beach? Um, he was from Long Beach. Just coincidentally, because mm-hmm. all of our friends are from Long Beach. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And oh well, here's a funny story. We picked our apartment, and we're moving in our stuff. And mm-hmm. who's there but Abdiel Gonzalez? That is so funny. I moved into the same building really? as Abdiel. Before and you, I didn't even know. You didn't know, know he was singing here. I, d- I knew, I knew him, but I didn't know that was where he lived. Wow. Is that just That's so crazy. weird? Yeah. Yeah. And now Long Beach is like so special in my heart because of Long Beach Opera. I know. Yeah. What's that all about? Beautiful. How'd you get, in, how'd you get what's ensconced with them? <laughs> no, I mean, you're like the, you're like the house soprano now. <laughs> what's, uh, what, how'd you, how'd you swing that? Uh, other well, than your t- terrific talent no. and everything. But <laughs> other I mean, than. Yeah. I want to know the dirt. <laughs> well, there's, there's no dirt. I know, I know. I got to say in, in 2011, uh, Ben McKino, actually, uh, who I went to UCLA with, mm-hmm. um, who was the assistant chorus or he was the chorus master there mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, recommended me for a role in Moscow Cherrytown by uh-huh. Shostakovich. And I got the role. Andreas mm-hmm. gave it to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't a great role for me. Um, and I did my best, but it mm-hmm. wasn't a great role for me. I wasn't looking my best at yeah, that yeah. moment. So yeah. they never asked me back to do anything else. Else, That was 2011. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, fast forward. I'm here. I'm singing. Things are starting to pick up. Mm-hmm. I did this Delos recording and got good reviews and things are pick- just picking up for yeah. me. I'm a working singer here, here in LA. I'm right. realizing this is what I'm doing. This is where You're I belong. You're doing it. Yeah. And the casting call goes out for Marilyn Forever. And the Vicky, Marilyn, Vicky the Marilyn Kirsch, Monroe. The Marilyn mm-hmm. Monroe opera that mm-hmm. they did in 2015 mm-hmm. by Gavin Bryars. Mm-hmm. And the casting call went out for that. And Vicki Kirsch, my mm-hmm. wonderful collaborator, um, dear friend and respected colleague partner yeah she's mm-hmm. basically my partner in crime mm-hmm. she recommended me to Christoph von Grispeer mm-hmm. who is another light in my life yeah. and a wonderful mentor and supporter mm-hmm. um <clears throat> and I was asked to prepare a video Aha. audition yes which you helped me with yes I did and I was given eight minutes of music from Marilyn Forever mm-hmm. 
and what did I do? I did my prettiest makeup and you hair. You did. You, I mean, you came in. You looked like Marilyn. I didn't. I didn't put a wig on or anything like that, which I heard some people did. Wow, um, loser. <laughs> 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 but I put my, you know, most body conscious dress on, uh-huh. and we made a video. Yeah. And Jeremy Frank played. Yeah, right in this room actually in that we're sitting in. Ah, gosh, can yeah. you believe that? Yep. And then I was asked, and I thought, okay, here we go. And then I was asked to come in for a live audition. Yeah. And I went in and I sang the same material for the live audition. I remember walking in the room and knowing I was going to get it because yeah. of the way Andreas looked at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just one of those moments. And I knew in my heart, I knew the minute I heard about it that I was going to get yeah, it. Yeah, you're right. And it's for the not role. a cocky thing, it's not an egotistical thing. I knew in my heart I was meant to do the role. Mm-hmm. I always knew somehow that I would portray her if there was ever an opera about her. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know why. That's I crazy. Knew that. And I always had a deep admiration of her. So then I got the part and it was like, oh shit. Yeah, I'm you know, we had a new baby and I didn't get a chance to go see Aww. it and I was so bummed. Well, thank you. It was one of the most beautiful, magical experiences of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, as a piece vocally, it wasn't a huge showcase for me, mm-hmm. but as an actress it's a dream it, role, right? It took me to a new level because I had to find where to play her. Mm-hmm. I couldn't play her in imitation. Mm-hmm. I couldn't play her in caricature. The piece actually didn't allow for that, which I was grateful for. Mm-hmm. The piece was very esoteric. Mm-hmm. The libretto is by Marilyn Bowering, and it's poems sort of reflecting on Marilyn's flashbacks of her career so it's not and linear her in life. Any way. It's not linear. Mm-hmm. There's not a huge story. Mm-hmm. And it takes place the night she dies mm-hmm. in her bedroom mm-hmm. where she was found by her housekeeper right. the next day. And in our version of Marilyn Forever, there were two of us. And I was so fortunate to have Danielle Bond, mezzo-soprano, be the other Marilyn. Uh-huh. And the bond that we have formed because of that has been really wonderful and profound in my life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And our experience together on that ended up being so amazing. And I can't say that I think it would have been with anyone else. It's a really hard thing. Right. To be so close quarters for so long. Can you imagine like, you're going to play Marilyn Monroe and there's two of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, geez. Uh You know, like, no, I know. It could have been really traumatic, and it ended up being wonderful, incredibly beautiful. Yeah. And the, just the whole cast and the experience, Andreas directing it, and there was live video feed that was so much pressure to be under to sing on a live camera. Right. And have your face projected. Yeah, I mean, that's something that a lot of the opera houses are doing. I don't know. Do you think it's successful, or do you think it's – do you think it – hinders the performance you know i saw the Uh, fallujah that they did on pbs and i really liked it yeah but i've also been in the situation as a performer where it it's like well it puts you in a box it really does yeah yeah it puts you in a box and the pressure is the pressure uh, is really ramps up unbelievable i know i mean i had to place it was just so weird they changed my blocking at final dress and i almost had a breakdown because i had to place these pictures in a certain way and i was like ah I'm not going to get a rehearsal on this and it's going to be on the live camera feed. Oh, I've had those if things. If I screw it up. I, I think it's a wonderful, it's a, it's a wonderful thing for a shoestring budget mm-hmm. opera company. Yeah. It really, and it makes an impact and that was and something that everyone And it does elevate, it said. elevates the night mm-hmm. uh, in a way that you can't do it in, an, in another way. Mm-hmm. I think any kind of telecast or broadcast really, um, Le- I don't. I kind of legitimizes the company and the production and well, makes and it a big deal. If you look at the world we live in now, yeah, the technology needs to become a part I of agree. this medium. Yeah, I agree. As well, we need to embrace it. It's it's a way of moving forward, uh, in in our medium. Yeah, that I think is really effective. But I will agree, it does put you in a box, mm-hmm. much like as a performer. For yeah. instance, I mean the production of the Magic Flute that mm-hmm. we've done here at LA Opera with the projections. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine having to sing your whole role being strapped in I know. 
yeah. to a three-foot platform. Yeah, 25 feet up in the air. I could not imagine singing the Queen of the Night. The, to me, that's singing the Queen of the Night under duress. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's like torture. As if there's not Where enough were you the night of the duress. third? <laughs> Just singing the aria. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Right? Yeah, totally. But it's something I think we're going to have to get used to, and it's uh, you know it's part of the new requirements of being an opera singer. Yeah, I agree. Physical fitness is mm-hmm. a bigger requirement Looks. than I think it ever was before height yeah yeah the whole thing the physical constraints and i mean yeah there's something a little bit discouraging about that we don't want it to become too hollywood i know but that's got to survive too it can't so it's got to strike a balance about right standing there and singing and not emoting and just singing beautifully but then Very what about the like the baz Luhrmann bohem it mm-hmm. really it really stepped with two feet into that world of mm-hmm. uh, aesthetic mm-hmm. and uh beauty and what I we can cons- i liked it i did too yeah I so loved then it. i so part of me thinks like well i don't know Maybe we should take singers that aren't as good as others because they look and can move a certain way. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's a financial I thing. I think there's room for all of it. Yeah. There's room for all of it. Yeah. I mean, because you're never going in this art form if you discount the quality of the voices. Yeah, it won't. It, it no. also won't survive. It yeah. won't survive. No, because it, that's what makes it what it is. It's something rare and special. and It's elevated. And elevated, yeah. Right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So So what else do you have coming up? What's next? What 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 have you got cooking? We're we've got a full season next we year. We have a full season next year. Yeah. I'm involved in a lot of that. Mm-hmm. And um I will be doing this summer um a world premiere mm-hmm. at UCLA mm-hmm. written by Dr. Kenneth Wells and it's called The Center Cannot Hold and it's based on the memoirs of Dr. Ellen Sachs and her experience <laughs> mm-hmm. as a law student. And having her first schizophrenic episode. Oh, my God. So I will be playing Ellen as the law student having a schizophrenic episode. Wow. (laughs) Well, you know. Crazy ladies are my specialty. (laughs) 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 I'm noticing a little bit of a pattern here. (laughs) My Marilyn, she was crazy in the best way. Yeah. Oh. Well, I wish you lots of luck with that, Jamie. Thank and you know you, I love Omar. you to death. I think you're terrific. Oh, I love and you I'm too. And I'm so glad that you are on the show. Yay. And I'm glad uh, too. Thank you for asking me. I feel really honored. Oh. And I'm proud of you and excited for you and the future. And we'll talk more about a lot of this. Maybe just not. Right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, darling. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs>